As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hang.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Conscious Shift with Julianne Turner brings insights from leading voices and visionaries across the globe to guide and inspire you to create your own conscious shift into your true power and singular greatness. Through her expertise, author, speaker, and social innovator, Julianne Turner, a world authority on the creative process, guides you to discover how to consciously create the life, work, and world you most desire. And now, here's your Conscious Shift host, Julianne Turner. Welcome, everyone. This is Julianne Turner. We're so glad that you're joining us today for Conscious Shift. And, you know, it is always such a joy to have you here and a joy to hear from you and all about the conscious shifts that you are making in your lives and sharing your gifts and genius in the world. And I know that I've heard so many of you who would really like to have even more guidance from us because you've so enjoyed listening to our guests, you know, Marianne Williamson, Don Miguel Ruiz, Barbara Marks Hubbard, Bruce Lipton, and so many other visionary voices that we've shared here. And so what I've done for you is actually created a gift. I've taken one of the most popular and powerful interviews in our Conscious Shift Show series, which is the one that I did with New York Times bestselling author and visionary Seth Godin. And I've created an absolutely free genius guide for you called Discover Your Genius, Seven Powerful Keys to Create the Life You Dream Of by Claiming the Genius Already Within You. And what it does is walk you through seven powerful keys to discover and leverage your own unique genius to prosper and live the life you've always imagined. That's our message here on Conscious Shift. And I know many of you would like this gift. It's very simple. All you need to do is go right now to www.consciousshiftshow.com and I will whisk that gift, that genius guide directly to your inbox as a way to honor you and thank you for being part of our Conscious Shift community. And speaking of the power of dreams and genius, we're going to be talking today about stories. The fact that stories actually shape our world and that reshaping our own stories 
can positively transform how we experience our lives. You know, we can actually consciously reshape how we experience the world simply by rewriting our stories. And we are, we love stories, don't we? We, we find, um, all the tales of adventure, uh, and gossip and books and plays and movies, television shows. Our love for story has been with us since we were born. And we develop really deep attachments to storybooks and movies like The Wizard of Oz, The Sound of Music, Harry Potter, right? But as our conscious shift guests today, Louis Melmadrona and Barbara Mangai are going to share with us stories are actually not just passive influences in our lives. They can even be destructive just as much as they can be healing. And when we engage our stories consciously, we can actually guide and shape our lives differently. So I just want to welcome our guests today, Louis Melmadrona and Barbara Mangai to Conscious Shift. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. Thank you. It's so wonderful to have you here and especially to share with our listeners uh, your new book called Remapping Your Mind, The Neuroscience of Self-Transformation Through Story. Now, that's a mouthful, <laughs> but it's very interesting, isn't it, that story we can transform our lives through story. And so I want to just start and give both of you uh, kind of equal time as we, as we go back and forth. But, you know, I was fascinated that you, you both talk about as you open up uh, what you're sharing here in this book, that we are born into a world of stories. How can that, what does that mean? And how can that unconsciously kind of shape the trajectory of our lives. Lewis, would you like to start us off? <clears throat> well, everything human exists in story form. And so we're born into a world of story. And I, I think of stories as social neurotransmitters. That stories are what help us to figure out how to look in the same direction with everyone else because we share the same story. And so stories tell us what the good life looks like. They tell us what ethics we should pursue. They tell us, you know, what's right and what's wrong. They tell us what's normal. And, and you know, the brain, our brain is, is designed to do stories. It's the most, it's, it's uses the least amount of glucose, least amount of energy to make up stories. It's what we do on idle. When our brain is on idle, we make up stories, usually about the, the important people in our lives, the social stimulation. And, and so um, it seems the case that everything human is organized in the form of a story. Which, which means that it has, you know, a certain kind of linearity which goes along with, with the way our lives flow. You know, that there's a, there's a beginning and a middle and an end and things seem to be influenced 
by things that come earlier. <clears throat> and, you know, there's obstacles that are overcome. And, and so we, we understand life and, and our relationships with other people in terms of these kinds of structures of, of narratives, of, of things unflowing, things flowing over time, um, developing, you know, building up to something and getting resolved. You know, it's, it's, it's the essence of the soap opera, right? <laughs> what happens on soap opera, which is probably why they're so popular, because they mirror the way that our brains work. Exactly. That's so fascinating, uh, Lewis. I, I, I hadn't heard it expressed exactly in that way, that that um, our brains on idle are always kind of making up stories, and that actually takes the least amount of energy or glucose in the brain. I had not uh, realized that. And, you know, you're right. It, 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 it also, it makes sense in some, in some way because we... We're in this realm. We're in in a, uh, a a space and time realm, right? So we see and perceive and experience uh, events in terms of a sequence, in in terms of a, a timeline, a beginning, a middle, an end. Like you said, a build up, a trajectory, um, and we also uh, so our brains naturally work that way. Our brains are relational; um, they work relationally. Um, by the by the um, associations that we make between um, concepts, and so um, building on that, Barbara, why do you think we love stories so much? I mean, it's natural for us, but why do we love them so much? Well, it, we love them because uh, if you want to start with the neuroscience, there's an idea called speaker listener neural coupling. And what happens is that when I tell you a story, your, your brain jumps in and rides along with me. And so our brains are lighting up in the same way. So you're coming along on the adventure. There's about a six-second delay, and, and you're coming along on the adventure. And part of what we love as human beings is uh, novelty. We are really, we learn and we grow by uh, experiencing new things, by experiencing things that we don't know, by experiencing situations that we don't uh, have, have all the clues about. And on the one hand, it makes us a little anxious. That's what anxiety is. It's, it's, it's the thing that happens when you're in a new situation. But on the other hand, it's, it's how we actually work that muscle and, and change and grow. And so... A story is, is an invitation to making something happen. You know, we were just, uh, we were just coming home and, and our dog was, 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 um, whimpering and, and, and I knew he, she needed to go out and, and we took her out and it turns out that more than needing to do her business, she wanted to play. She had this real strong need to have a ball thrown for her. And, and, and so we did that for a while. And human beings are a little the same way. We have a strong need to understand the world. We have a strong need to, to seek things, to have goals or needs. We seek belonging. We seek accomplishment. We seek a sense of intimacy. We seek all these things. And in seeking, we need stories to understand how we might be able to get them. 
and things that that lighten up our brain that light up our brain new situations are are the 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 work of of finding a new pathway so the more we listen to story the more people tell us things the more our brains create possibilities because once we've kind of opened up the file for that situation it stays open so we're creating pathways. So when I listen to your story, I'm creating a pathway of possibilities for myself. And it's exciting. It's what mm. being really like to do. They, they don't love it. They feel anxious about it because of all the importance that we put on it and all the risks that they're taking. But at the same time, it's what we love. We love to change and grow. And so what you're saying, Barbara, does, does this, is it because... Um, story also engages our imagination uh, in, inherently that we, that we love that creative exploration as well? Well, yes, and, and, and what I love um, is, is that in my, in my view, and, and, and I don't know that there's research on this, but in my, in my view, uh, we don't get given any faculties that are, are just for fun. All, all of the possibilities of human behavior and human um, accomplishment and, and all of our brain work and stuff is, is for a reason. And our imaginations are incredibly potent forces for creating and changing our lives and adapting to new situations. So I believe that we underestimate the power of imagination. I believe, I mean, not everybody does, obviously. You don't on this show, but, but there are, you know, we, we somehow get taught that imagination is something to be reserved for watching Disney cartoons or maybe drawing a picture and coloring outside the lines. But we don't learn that imagination is actually this fantastic tool that allows our brain to create new realities and we follow. So if we yes. can create a new reality with our brain, our bodies start getting interested in that and want to kind of make it happen. Exactly. So I want to play off of that, Barbara. Thank you for that. Beautifully expressed. Um, our brains, our imagination creates new realities. And what you're saying, what you kind of hinted at, is that that gives us the power to literally create new worlds, new experiences for ourselves if we use that consciously, if we use that proactively. Before we talk about that, though, I'd love to touch on this with both of you. And that is, we also, one of the things that your book points out so so well, is that if we're not aware of it, our stories, the stories that we hold as true for ourselves, are actually shaping our lives often unconsciously. In other words, they're playing kind of that, that film is playing in the background, and if we're not aware of it, um, then that can be that could also uh, be a negative or destructive force in our lives. For instance, if we were if we were s- somehow maybe thrust uh, into an uh, uh, you know an unhappy childhood or, or a hostile story, um, if that's the if that's the movie or the or the story playing in the background, then then that could be unconsciously affecting the world we perceive and live in. Is that right? Louis, you want to, you want to help yeah. with that? Yes. You know, because, because we have, we are born into a theater story. You know, we're born into a family which has been talking about us probably before conception. 
we've been planned. Our destiny is being, you know, shaped by the stories that everyone tells about who we're going to be. And we're born into a story of culture. So the culture, I think probably the best example is the, 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 the stories that are changing the most rapidly in our culture are the stories about women and what can women do. And so, um, so if you, if you, every 10 years, these stories are radically different. And, and so, but, but when we're, when we're born, we don't know any, we don't know any better. We, Yeah. What he's saying is that we become what we're born into. We don't know any better. Uh, and when we're born, we become what we're born into. And so we, we, we are born into a whole swarm of stories that, that we do need to do the work of unpacking because if, if we don't do it exactly as you say, they, it's like people are inviting us to be in their movies. They're casting us in all kinds of roles. We have sister roles and daughter roles. We have father roles and son roles and, and world beater roles and, and, and accomplishment roles and sportsman roles. And we really should be picking and choosing the roles that we're taking. We should feel that we have the power and the, and the agency in ourselves that we can actually choose which roles we want to belong to. And, of course, there are roles that are really difficult to overcome. We're never going to uh, overcome some of them. But within a range of possibility, we need to be aware of the kinds of things we're being asked to do and the stories we're being asked to perform, and we need to challenge them. We need to say, wait a minute, I'm not sure that I want this story. Because we're all born into that kind of, of you know, there, there's an ongoing. It, 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 if you imagine, there's the, you know, the, 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 the choir of spirits commenting on us. Lewis will call it spirit TV sometimes. That there's a, the, the spirits are watching us and uh, are being silly and kind of, you know, laughing at the sort of antics that we get up to. And we need to become aware of how we're being programmed in that sense by these stories. So that we can step out of the ones that aren't aren't working for us. Step exactly. Yeah, exactly, Barbara. Um, and if we're not aware of them, you know, we're not really aware that that we've been cast and and that those that those roles are malleable. That they're that we can indeed choose choose different roles, reshape our roles, reshape those stories, and even opt out of some of the stories that that aren't serving us. Um, and so um, one of the things that you and Lewis are, uh, you know, deeply involved in as, as experts and masters at in, uh, in your work and in, you know, as uh, uh, leaders in the Coyone Institute for studies of change and transformation is that, uh, is that there, uh, there's a lot of uh, neuroscience, new, you know, brain mapping, new uh, techniques and technologies, new uh, uh, evidence and 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 uh, discoveries about memory and brain plasticity. You know that that our our brains can actually change. 
that really is giving you a lot more insight um, into how our brains work with story. And I know that uh, some of this is very scientific and technical, but I wonder if between the two of you, you might maybe pick one, you know, two or three top, you know, top insights that neuroscience gives us now that we didn't have before, perhaps, new insights that can help us understand how to craft our own stories as we go forward. Well, a a couple things come to my mind. And I think one of the most important new concepts is that of the social brain, that um, our big brain evolved in order to do stories, and stories are how we keep track of all of our social relationships. So that the story brain and the social brain are one and the same. And and parallel to that is the idea that it's our external experiences. It, it is our experiences with the world that shape our brain and not genetics. So... <clears throat> so once upon a time, we thought that if we just could get the sequence of the human genome, if we could just map all the genes, then we would know everything. Well, we did right. that, and it turned out we knew nothing more than we knew before. And and what matters is not so much the genes. So obviously there are some genetic disorders that are pretty powerful. But for most people, what matters is social experience. And that's what hooks up the nervous system. And and I would add to that that the other concept that I think is incredibly powerful is that of epigenetics, which is to say that our, our actual experience changes the shape of our genes, not the sequence, but the shape. And the shape determines whether the gene will be turned on or turned off. And so experience has a powerful impact on our physiology through the genetic code. And that we inherit the experience of our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents probably seven generations back because their experience changes the shape of the genes that they give to us. So for me, these are some of the more powerful insights of contemporary neuroscience. And and the last one that I would add is what's called the audience effect. That whatever effect an experience has on us, it has a more powerful impact if we're with a bunch of other people than if we're by ourselves. The gene induction is so much stronger when we're with others than when we're alone. Mm. And so, Lewis, what you're saying, uh, uh, several really powerful things. I want to touch on a couple of them. Um, one, how fascinating what you're talking about with epigenetics, that our experiences, our experiences shape our genes turn them on and off. Um, and so our experiences actually and our stories, right, which are our experiences are captured in stories, um, 
shape our physiology, actually can change our genetic code. And we inherit that. If I'm understanding what you're saying, we inherit uh, a lot of that experience, those stories from from our ancestors. Is that right? That's right. And and so it explains people whose parents were in the Holocaust or in North America or in residential schools often behave as if they were in the Holocaust or in re- or in residential schools. And it's because they inherited the experience which shaped their genes to function in that way. And so you inherit the stories of your parents through the genes, through the modifications that are made on the structure of the genes. And it takes some effort to transform that. If, if we make no effort, then we just continue to suffer in the same way that our parents and grandparents suffered. So it's it's just exactly like you're saying. It's like a program that we receive and and through the stories and only through recrafting our stories can we really reprogram how we're perceiving that. Is that right? Right, exactly. So so we need to have that opportunity, which is in a sense a luxury. But to have that opportunity to reflect upon the stories that we're enacting in our lives and to think about, are they really working? And could we replace some of our stories with better stories that could work better in terms of producing less friction in our self-world interface? Exactly. Which is the, which is the power that you write about in remapping your mind. You know, being able to transform yourself, write a better story, you know, and actually even change your physiology by crafting and telling and living a better story. Um, and I know that, uh, Lewis, you and Barbara have many tools for that. Um, I want to, I want to turn to that. Um, and just before we do, um, I want to take uh, a, a quick break and then we're going to come back and actually talk about some of the tools that can be used to help us recraft our story and craft a more positive story and, uh, you know, reduce some of that friction, as you said, and live a more positive life. So we will be right back. This is Julianne Turner. You're listening to Conscious Shift. Voices and Visionaries shared here on Conscious Shift with Julianne Turner. From spiritual guides like Marianne Williamson, Barbara Marks Hubbard, and Don Miguel Ruiz, to creative sparks like Julia Cameron of The Artist's Way, and inspiring business gurus like Seth Godin and Daniel Pink. 
then you'll love being able to grasp their wise guidance and apply their step-by-step wisdom to the new Conscious Shift Notes Action Guide series, a version of Cliff Notes for each Conscious Shift show. With Conscious Shift Notes, they not only give you the engaging full audio interviews from each Conscious Shift visionary and the full written transcript, but now they've also taken each Conscious Shift show interview and distilled it down to its essential essence. So you get each Conscious Shift show summarized on just a few colorful visual pages with bullet points, highlights, and key quotes. So you can grasp the key points at one glance. Want to know the best news? Conscious Shift host Julianne Turner wants you to experience the inspiration of their new Conscious Shift notes absolutely free for a limited time. With her free gift of their first Conscious Shift Notes, Action Guide, and Audio Series with Seth Godin, go to ConsciousShiftShow.com to receive your free gift now. In your free gift, Conscious Shift Notes said, multiple New York Times bestselling author and creative visionary Seth Godin shares in detail exactly how you can discover and profit from your own unique genius and start doing what really matters to you and to the world. Your first step is to go to ConsciousShiftShow.com right now to receive your free Conscious Shift Notes, Action Guide, and Audio, along with their Conscious Shift Show updates from their growing global community of fellow visionaries. Most important, you'll also get to see how you can access all their Conscious Shift Show wisdom in their brand new Conscious Shift Notes collections around transformational topics they've shared, like prosperity, life purpose, creativity at work, transformational leadership, and many more. In fact, their first Conscious Shift Show Notes collection on prosperity is available now and includes Marianne Williamson on Love Divine Compensation, Julia Cameron on A Prosperous Heart, Dan Pink on To Sell as Human, and Adam Grant on Give and Take, How True Leadership Starts with a Giving Mindset, and much more. Go to ConsciousShiftShow.com right now to claim your Conscious Shift Notes, Action Guide, and Audios to guide you step-by-step to make your own Conscious Shift into your true greatness today. Welcome back, everyone. This is Julianne Turner. You are listening to Conscious Shift, and today we are talking about how you can can transform yourself through story. We're talking with Louis Mel Madrona and Barbara Mangai, the authors of a new book called Remapping Your Mind, The Neuroscience of Self-Transformation Through Story. And just before the break, we were actually talking about uh, some fascinating uh, discoveries in neuroscience that tell us that our experiences actually have an effect on our genes, on our physiology. And that can be for good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, our stories and our, and our experiences can work for good in terms of healing um, and positive living and it can also be destructive if we're not, especially if we're not even aware that there's maybe an old story playing in the background that we're not aware of. And what Lewis and Barbara do at, in their work, uh, at the Coyote Institute for Studies of Change and Transformation is that they actually, uh, use different tools for helping people 
uh, tap into that neuroscience and use different tools to help people change those stories that maybe aren't serving them and craft them into stories that will serve them better. And so, uh, Barbara, w- will you help us just start to crack open this nut of, <laughs> of how this is possible? And just give us a little intro here on how, uh, you might, you might work with someone who wants to change a story that's not serving them. Well, the very first thing that we always say is, is that the, the very first step is, is radical acceptance. Radical acceptance of yourself and of the stories that you're playing out and the storytellers who are offering them to you. Because it, you don't want to, um, a lot of stories bring feelings with them. When we discover that we've been acting them out, we might feel all kinds of things. We might feel shame. We might feel concern. We might feel anger. And what we want to do is really work with a, a tremendous attitude of, of, of non-judgmental acceptance for anything that you might discover because this is the human journey. The human journey is to struggle with our stories and we want to really be able to um, explore that without adding to our burden with uh, resentments and guilt and things like that. So I would start there that we like to say, you know, and we and we would do, you know, if it's a very powerful story, we might do a forgiveness um, exercise. We might we might take on some of the energy that comes attached to the stories and see if we can kind of let it rest and work with that. Um, but we find that we, we do a lot of playing. We do a lot of creative work um, to uncover the stories and then to play with them and see where shift might happen. And we do things like uh, we invite somebody to uh, write the story down. It's very powerful to write your story in the third person. It's very powerful to take that step back and become a narrator. Uh, it's very power- powerful to write a story from the perspective of the, the storyteller, the person who's directing the movie that they're trying to put you in, and what, what they might be up against and what they might be trying to accomplish here. So we, we, we do a lot of work of, of uh, acting out the stories telling the stories, using puppets to tell the stories, creating masks and puppets to tell the stories, so that we get a really good level of insight into all the different pieces of them and really get a solid understanding. Because stories aren't simple. Stories aren't constructed. It's it's never just a story. Stories are constructed by us to make our world feel safe and that we understand it. So to walk away from a story, to give up a story, means we really have to treat it with respect because it, it came into being to help us. Whether whether it's helping us now or not, when we originally acquired the story, in some way it was to help us move forward. And even though, it, or to keep us safe. So if we have a story that the world is full of dangerous people, that story may have been handed to us by our parents. It might be something that we're not conscious of really thinking. We just know that we're a little leery of strangers, but we don't know that we're kind of playing out this story. It came into being in a very, in a respect, we have to respect how it arrived. And so when we're inviting it to leave, when we're inviting ourselves to take a step out of that story, we kind of have to acknowledge the force that it had in our lives and then see if there's a move. Maybe we can mitigate the story. Maybe we can say, well, the world has some dangerous people in it and also a lot of other people. 
And then we might move into experiment, little social experiments. Maybe maybe a homework would be, you know, meet a couple of people and, and see, and instead of not talking to them this time, maybe just introduce yourself and see if there's any sense that you can gather from that, that there might be a way to feel more comfortable around people. And so that's kind of what we like to do is really just play get ourselves to the point where we can kind of play with these stories where the where the the passion and the um, importance that we've given them can be loosened a little bit to allow us to take a step back from them and see if there's there may be some wiggle room Hmm. and so what you're saying barbara if i'm understanding you is that um when you're working with someone um it, it it may be, uh, you know, there there likely is a story that is no longer serving the person that's causing uh, disruption or or um, you know fear or pain or something like that, and so you you kind of go in gently, not judging that, um, and not like excising it, <laughs> you know, um, uh, because because it's it's like a a story is almost like, um, you know, it's woven into us, you know, over time. Absolutely. They're, 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 I mean, they become part of our DNA, as Lewis was saying, and, and, and they really are um, woven into other stories. And we, so we want to be gentle with this process. We want to be, I mean, a lot of stuff happens that doesn't feel gentle to the person who's working on it, but we want to create a space that's very safe and very and very gentle for people to to do this exploration so that they that they feel that they and there and there usually comes a point where uh people get much more uh comfortable with the whole process and are able to you know become much much more um accomplished at changing and and, and at recognizing when they might be kind of sliding into something and so it gets it gets lighter but we have to be we we need to it's 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 kind of an affectionate respect because we all hold strange little stories there's there's often strange little stories that we have that have kind of propped up some understanding of the world we have and uh i guess there's a sense that we're all a bit like that there's nobody who's better than than anyone else and so we want to just we stay humble i think we would say in this work we stay humble and 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 uh grateful and and open to hearing the stories with with no um, with no criticism, and you know somebody might find that their story of of the world being full of dangerous people has led them in, to enter into relationships that didn't work out that well, where they might have unconsciously been treating somebody as dangerous who wasn't dangerous, and it can lead to all kinds of afterthoughts when you kind of unpack the story. You go, oh, what was I thinking? What did I do? Why did I do that? And and we really need to be able to look forward and not back. You know, we, we want to turn away from the rearview mirror and say, yeah, things happen and we need to forgive ourselves for that. And we need to maybe make amends for that in some ways for some people. And then we need to kind of move forward into a place of greater understanding and uh, and be able to, to adventure into the world with this wonderful sense of, of efficacy, this sense that we have the agency to to uh, create things in, that are in, uh, in in our world to change our world. Exactly, and what you're describing, Barbara, it it, it helps us understand why, for instance, um, 
you know, maybe a, 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 a woman with, who had an abusive father, um, might have a story playing that she's not worthy, right? And, and not worthy of, of love. And so, you know, we're always, I think many of us are, you know, find it hard to understand, well, if she had an abusive father, why would she choose someone who would also be abusive, perhaps? Well, perhaps it's because that story is playing, that she's not worthy. And so she she chooses someone who is also abusive as a partner. And so what you're saying is going back in and and, and gently, with non-judgment, kind of excavating, exploring that story, seeing that it's not serving her, and that and and acknowledging uh, you know, kind of an aha moment for her to say, oh, my gosh, that's been affecting my choices all my life, right? Exactly, exactly. And that can be a pretty powerful moment to see suddenly where something like <clears throat> has been, has been, you have been recruiting people to play the role of the abusive person because of your experience in relationship being that, that that's what's supposed to happen or that's what you're supposed to put up with or, you know, you're supposed to be present and loving to a person even if they're abusive to you. If you have that story and it's told to you in a powerful way by powerful people, you don't know another story. You don't know a story about the world that doesn't look like that. So it's safer to stay with the story that you know. And safer may not mean safer you know immediately in the short term because bad things could be happening but in our consciousness it's safer for us because it's meaning and we we really need to feel like we understand the world so once we've created a meaning once we feel we have a meaning we really don't want to have to let go of it until we're sure we can go to another meaning with 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 all the pieces you know within it feeling intact so before we're prepared to switch our stories, we need to be really convinced that the new story is, is, is has accomplished the making of meaning in a different yes. way. And that requires some some experimenting and investigation and testing our theories and that kind of thing. Exactly. And I I love that where you go with that after you create a safe space, if you will a non-judgmental space to go there to explore is that um is that you go into imagination you go into play and you even use some really creative techniques to help uh that that person distance themselves a little bit um to play the narrator to play the observer to act things out um and and that also alleviates i think a lot of the tension and stress right Absolutely, and and Lewis is is really good at 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 being, um, being a wonderful compassionate voice that can kind of step in as a narrator for somebody's story. Yeah, I would imagine that would be tremendously powerful, uh, Lewis, in terms of. Um, Again, giving people, giving that person another perspective, a little bit of distance from the emotions and, and helping them kind of see the story through a different lens. Is that, is that part of what, what happens? Absolutely. And, and a couple thoughts come to mind as you talk about this. And one is that sometimes we need a new character. And, and so part of what we do is to 
provide a new character with a new story to help people who are stuck. And um, quick example, I was working with someone who um, was suffering a lot, and I think epigenetically, you know, she, her grandparents had been in the Holocaust. And, you know, where we live, it's really cold in the winter. And she believed that she should have no food or heat during the winter because her relatives didn't have food or heat during, you know, in the concentration camp. Mm. And that was her story. And so when we talked about, well, okay, so so who's telling the story? And, and we like to work with puppets because they're wonderful, quick metaphors. And so she grabbed a Tyrannosaurus Rex puppet and she said, this one. And I said, well, is there any opposition to the story? And so she grabbed a cute little bunny and she said, well, maybe this one. Well, you know, bunny and T-Rex, one-sided battle, I think. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So I said, well, okay. So, <clears throat> so you know, let's, let's imagine a character who could protect you, who really wants heat and food and is a righteous dude, you know, who um, <laughs> avenges wrong, you know, who, who opposes evil. And, and I said, could you pick a puppet from our collection who could, who could take on that task? And she picked the panda bear. And she said, it's Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> He'll never go without his noodles. And, and, you know, if anyone has seen that movie, you know that Kung Fu Panda is a bit of a bumbling kind of, of a clumsy hero. Right. Who really likes his noodles, but, but, but prevails. Yes. By virtue of his character, of his strength of character. And so... So, um, you know, so we talked about that story about how Kung Fu Panda wouldn't put up with being cold or hot. <laughs> and he would still save the world from evil. Yes. And so I, I invited her to take home Kung Fu Panda for the week so that he could insist upon heat and food in her apartment. Which Beautiful. Yeah, and it worked. You know. Wow. So, So this is the kind of work that we do with sometimes inserting characters and stories for people who are a little bit um, bereft of characters and stories. That is so beautiful, so powerful, Lewis. And thank you so much for that example and Barbara for, for prompting that. What a, what a beautiful uh, uh, vignette to share with our audience and also to give them a real glimpse of, of the power of, of the transformation that can take place through this changing of story and some of the creativity that comes into it. Uh, and, and I love that as well. And I want to make sure that we, uh, have some time here uh, as we wrap up for you, uh, to share where people can, uh, get the book and where they can find you if they want, uh, more information, uh, about the Coyote Institute for Studies of Change and Transformation. Um, uh, who who would like to share first? Uh, Lewis, would would you like to start us off to share where people can uh, get the book and and contact you? Sure, sure. I mean, we're on Amazon. We like Amazon. 
Okay. Um, you know, and uh, we're probably on Barnes and Nobles and all the other websites too. So I think the book is easy to get, and and luckily it exists in Kindle form because that's my favorite way to get books. Because I got too many too many books to schlep around these days. I need to keep them <laughs> electronic. But right. Um, and um, we have a website. It's, we have a couple websites. We have uh, Institute, all one word, run together, .us. And we have my website, which is www.mel-madrona.com. And Coyote Institute has a Facebook page, which we share lots of things on. And we can be Googled. Yes, you can. <laughs> we can be. We can be Google. So, so we're around. You know, we're. I think we're relatively easy to find. So, um, and does and Barbara, do you have a, a a separate uh, uh, location, or can can you be reached through through these uh, uh, websites as well? I can be reached through these websites, and I I uh, tend to be around on the Coyote Institute Facebook page. I try to keep that up, and we put all our events. We do workshops in story, and we have a sliding scale policy so that we, if we're in charge of the event, we don't like to turn people away. We want everyone to come and play with story, so we invite people to come for whatever they can afford. And uh, usually we find that the, the ones who can afford a little more can offset the others and, and uh, allowing everybody to come. So we, we do have that. Uh, that. And, and, and I wanted to add one other aspect, which is that I guess one of the fundamental pieces of work, too, is that we see everyone as a hero. We see mm. everyone as, as having a heroic story where they are the actor. And so we can offer that perspective back to each other. We can, we can offer the heroic journey back to someone. So if someone's telling you the story of their life and you can turn it around and tell it back to them, for, and uh, reflecting on the heroics of just being in this world, in this difficult world, carrying their burdens forward and how they might work, it's a tremendous gift. It is, absolutely. How beautiful this work is. And uh, Lewis and Barbara, thank you for for being with us today. The book, again, is called Remapping Your Mind, The Neuroscience of Self-Transformation Through Story. So just look for Remapping Your Mind. And uh, it's coyoteinstitute.us. It's C-O-Y-O-T-E-I-N-S-T-I-T-U-T-E, coyoteinstitute.us. And on Facebook, it's just Coyote Institute. Uh Barbara and Lewis, thank you so much for for your work in the world, uh, sharing your gifts and genius, and for joining us today on Conscious Shift. Thank you. Thank you. And we will be right back. This is Julianne Turner. You're listening to Conscious Shift. Throughout time, all visionaries, sages, and thought leaders 
have used a pattern of thought, an archetype of creation, to think dramatically differently from everyone else. In fact, these visionaries begin with an entirely different worldview that enables them to see beyond what is to what can be. The good news is that we can adopt the same worldview, literally a different thinking system that all world changers throughout time have used, a profound and practical and profoundly different sequence of thought for the 21st century. This universal thinking system was discovered and is now revealed in a revolutionary book called Genesis of Genius. Genesis of Genius, written by Conscious Shift host Julianne Turner, is a full-color step-by-step visual guidebook to guide you to use this success system to discover and profit from sharing your own unique genius. Genesis of Genius, Julianne Turner's life work, and the foundation of her unparalleled success, guiding thought leaders and emerging visionaries across the globe to make both significant income and world-changing impact is already a bestseller on Amazon and is now available to you at genesisofgenius.com. And for a limited time, you will receive $180 in special bonuses, plus an exclusive quick start guide, all available to you today when you buy your copy and register at genesisofgenius.com. This is your moment. Let this be your turning point and let Genesis of Genius be your guide on your quest. Now is the time to come awake and get out of the loop of busyness and into the leap of your true greatness. The world is awaiting your brilliance. Visit genesisofgenius.com now and step into your greatness. Welcome back, everyone. This is Julianne Turner, and you are listening to Conscious Shift. We've just had a wonderful conversation about story and how story shapes our lives. Stories are meaning-making elements of our lives and how we can use our imagination uh, and consciously shift our stories to create more positive stories um, and to craft you know, belief system, our belief system, so that it more positive, positively supports us. And we talked about some of those wonderful uh, creative tools to do so. And hope you enjoyed that exploration. And I just want to remind you all uh, that every day I work with the conscious shifters across the globe to craft their own their own stories your own story your own heroic story if you will uh to identify your gifts your genius your hero's journey to share your contribution in the world in the most beautiful powerful way and to prosper from sharing those gifts and genius and to make the impact and income that you deserve and desire by by traveling that road by sharing that journey, by guiding others on their path. And I just I want to open up today uh, a special opportunity just 
three uh, three openings today for those of you who uh, are listening who would like to talk with me personally and be guided by me personally to discover your gifts and genius and that heroic path that you're meant to be sharing and walking and sharing with the world. And if you'd like to take me up on one of those free gift opportunities, you can find out, uh, you can actually request one of those by going right now to www.geniussession.com. It's that simple. Just go in your browser to Genius Session, G-E-N-I-U-S-S-E-S-S-I-O-N.com, GeniusSession.com, and just request one of these free uh, sessions with me. Uh, they're limited because they're very valuable, but I want to make uh, this available for, for at least three of you uh, of our wonderful Conscious Shift listeners today. And we thank you so much for joining us as always. This is Julianne Turner, and we'll see you next time on Conscious Shift. You've been listening to Conscious Shift with your host, Julianne Turner. If you're ready to make your own conscious shift to awaken the power and singular greatness already within you, Julianne is your expert coach and trusted ally, your passionate professional guide to create your highest purpose, profitability, and potential in your life, work, and world. Just go now to Julianne's website, www.creatorsguide.com, and fill in the special pop-up. You'll instantly receive free access to invaluable resources and bonuses that will guide you forward. That's www.creatorsguide.com. Just go there now and fill in the special pop-up. Now is the time to shift into your greatness. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.